Hey. Yo. Yo, shout out to the people that did that pastor appreciation video on Sunday. Um, they're like, what is Pastor Izzy's catchphrase? And there's like so many things. Emily, Emily, Emily said that my catchphrase was my number, my my two rules in life. It's don't be weird and don't be don't be weird and don't be dumb. All right, it's getting weird in the frog. You had to be there. You had to be there. Yo, shout out to everyone that did Pastor Ariel's video. That had me straight up in stitches. If you don't know, go to the, uh, I don't know where they can find it. It's on social media. Are they still up? Go to the Belmont Instagram and go see people doing Pastor Ariel's uh, uh, welcoming, you know, her announcement energy. Because Pastor Ariel is literally poppy from Trolls. Um, it's amazing. She says that I'm Branch. <laughs> I don't know if I should be offended or not, but I, it is what it is. I cannot wait for the next Trolls movie to come out. I don't care what you say. I don't care. It's like maybe it's because I'm a dad and I watch Trolls a lot now, but I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, tonight's the last night of our school series called Surviving School. It's our, not our last night. I asked you guys today, and a lot of you raised your hand, how many feel like you're still trying to survive school? Still trying to survive school. First week, we talked about how to endure, because sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta buckle up, Buttercup, and go for the ride. Turn to your neighbor, and say, "Buckle up, Buttercup." You just gotta go for the ride. You gotta endure. You gotta endure. And then last week, last week, what did we talk about? Somebody tell me. It's it's quite literally behind me on the screen. <laughs> y'all did. Y'all could look at the screen for a game, but uh, it's it's whatever. About being an influencer. About being an influencer. God wants to use you to be an influencer at your school. Yes, you. Not the popular kid. Not somebody else that you think is more qualified. God wants to use you. God wants to use a jaywalker to influence their school. I believe it. I believe a Christian club is going to come out of our jaywalkers in their school. Why not for the rest of us, amen? God wants to use you. Tonight, quickly... I want to talk about how to succeed in school, how to win, right? We're like talking about all this heavy stuff. We're like, okay, like I don't just want to survive. I want to thrive, right? Like I, I, want, I want to learn how to succeed in school. Do you know God wants you to succeed? Yeah, God, wants, God actually wants you. That's like a shock. You're like, wait, God like wants me to win? Yeah, God wants you to succeed. You're like, God just, you know, he just doesn't want me to go through trials and stuff. Like, no, God wants you to succeed. He wants you to win. It's all throughout the Bible of him giving victory, him giving success to people. God wants to do that for you. Here's, here's a question in my little intro here. Is have you ever, this is going to be a lot of us, or maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm weird. But have you ever taken a test that you walked away from like, I Ace that test. I killed that test. That test was, that was nothing to me. It was cake. It was nothing to me. I did it by myself with my number two pencil. How many of you have ever taken a test like that? You walked away feeling super confident. Right, right. How many of you ended up failing that test? Right there? <laughs> How many of you were like, yo, I aced that test. And then the scores come out and you're like, I failed that test. Yeah, that was me. All right, I'm glad it just wasn't me. We all can't be studious, you know. We all can't be Val, you know, just acing. 
graduate with honors and stuff. Did you graduate with honors? You haven't graduated? She will. You know, she's like, yeah, I plan on it. Hey, she will. She will. Yeah, it reminds me of my mother. My mother has, like, has a few degrees, and she's made the dean's list and graduated with honors and, and all the, like, this, this cum laude and, and all the whatever, right? She's, she just, she loves school. But not me. I'm like, what happened to me? Like, where did her smarts go? Right? Because I look at all three of my brothers, and I'm like, it ain't any of us, all right? We're just talented. We're just dumb as rocks, though. No, that's not it. But I've, I've taken a test, and I've walked away feeling good, and I end up failing it. How many of you know, like, when you fail a test or when something happens, it kind of just distracts you for some time, right? When it comes to succeeding, there are a few things that we're going to run into. One of them is failure, Right? We'll face distractions, setbacks, disappointments, heartbreak, drama, you know what I'm saying? And pressure at school. We're going to face all those things. It might be your AP class. Any, any AP people in here taking AP class? Yeah, all my smarty pantsies. Yeah, good for you. That's so great, AP, yeah. I was on academic probation, right? <laughs> That's crazy. It might be your AP class. It might be an art project. It might be a teacher who you don't like or don't get along with, because that's real. It might, it might not even be a class that's a distraction, right? It may be, uh, let's see, it may be a, a relationship where you're just like, that's, that's like your, your school crush, but he don't know you exist, you know what I'm saying? But you just be walking around him, like you walk by him and like, dear diary, I smelled him today, right? That's just weird. That's just weird. Don't be doing that. Fellas, 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 listen, if she, if she don't know you're there, she don't know you're there, right? Like, y'all are not dating, okay? She don't know you yet, all right? Maybe, maybe it's a breakup. Maybe it's that freshman couple that started dating the first week of school, and now that's like week three or something, and they've broken up. Now, like, everybody knows. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, my gosh. Or it's that weird couple where, like, a freshman dates a senior. That's not okay. Don't do that. All right? And then they break up, and there's this weird, you know, this guy's like, whatever, a lot of distractions. Maybe it's, you know, a distraction or a setback or disappointment. Maybe it's like a missed note in a performance. I was a choir kid, and I've heard people crack on the mic. Yay! It's crazy. Or forget a line in a musical. Not me, though. Not me, though. Not me, though. Or maybe it's a missed layup in a basketball game. <laughs> this whole section, this is how I know where the ballers are. All the ballers over here, they're like, yo... And, like, it's crazy that you be making contested layups, but when you get a freebie and you just brick, that's crazy. That's crazy. We all kind of face those things. It might be what happens on social media or on a Saturday night. Any of these dis- situations, any of these situations can disrupt what I like to call the climb. The climb. The climb. Disrupt our climb causing us to freeze and lose focus. What are we climbing? Sometimes school feels like a mountain. That you're just like, I'm just trying to not fall off of this thing. How many of you are afraid of heights? Who's afraid of heights? All right, you're going to have a panic attack at the end of the service. I'm going to show you a video. I'm preparing you now. I'm preparing you now. You're welcome. You're welcome. Can we get into the word tonight? So I'm going to... I'm going to give you a few ways, or honestly, three observations from a verse in Colossians. Colossians 3. Go to it now. Colossians 3, 
verse 23. Colossians is in the New Testament. Here, look at I got you right here, Alex. Boom. You can't keep this because it's my name's name. All right? Here we go. Colossians, right where that star is. Right there. Got my boy Alex the Bible. Colossians 3. If you got your Bible and it's a real Bible, wave it up in the air like you just do care. Yeah, I love seeing it. He throws phone up. You see, that's how I know you haven't been here, bro. We bring real Bibles, bro. It's been a week. Yeah. Hey, give it up for my boy Josh for just being here tonight. I love Josh. I love you. I'm glad you're here. Go to Colossians 3.23. 3. Let's start with 323. Just verse 23. If you got it, say "Uh uh-huh. If you're ready to read it, say oh yeah. Here we go. Stand for the reading of God's word. Would you stand? 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 Tonight's message is called How to Succeed, How to Succeed in School. Here's our little sky Bible right there. If you don't have a Bible, did you lose it? You got it? Alex, you got it? All right. Yep, where the stars. Here we go. It says this. Whatever you do, say whatever. Whatever you do, work at it with all your what? As working for the who? Rather than for who? Okay, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord rather than for people. Let's pray. Lord, this is your word, not mine. I didn't breathe these words into existence. I didn't write these words down. So God, help us discover and uncover the truths that will set us free tonight. And Lord, help me preach a word uh, that is relevant and timely for these students. This is, this is all for you, to be, for you to be made famous. And so tonight, God, help us learn how to succeed in school. In Jesus' name, everyone says, amen. You can sit down, you can sit down, you can sit down, you can sit down. What does it mean to succeed in school? What does it mean? Is, it, is success in school based on getting straight A's? Is it, you know, is it determined by GPA, right? It's overwhelming trying to figure out, like, how am I successful? Because let me tell you something. I was not an A, you know, A, B student. I was more like a B, bottom C student, you know what I'm saying? Uh, A B, C student. I say it was because I lost my homework. That's why I'm a B, C student. You'll catch up to that joke. It's all right. I was a B, C student. But I'd like to say that I was very successful in school. I was a part of clubs. I was on prom court, right? Like, I, I was in musicals, and I got awards for things. And so, like, how do you even measure what success is in school, right? It can be overwhelming, but we want to give you another lens to view success in school through. I want to give you another lens to look through when it comes to viewing success in school. The Apostle Paul Break down for him for a second. He was a murderer named Saul. He used to murder Christians. He legit used to just like rack them up like it's war zone. You know what I'm saying? Never seen the gulag before. This dude legit was just like dropping bodies, all right? This was a crazy murderer. He had an extreme encounter with Jesus, changed his life, and now, now he's starting churches all over the known world, his time, all these things, and he's writing letters. How many of you have written a letter before? I've written a letter. I've written a few letters. You should write letters more. They're fun. They're fun. It makes you actually put down what you really think. He's writing a letter to a church in Colossae. This is where we get Colossians from. We're in Colossae. So he's writing to a church there, which, fun fact, is modern-day Turkey. All right? So if you want to know where Colossae was, right, where the Colossians lived, 
It's modern day Turkey. So think of Turkey. Be like, mm, Colossae, right? There's a little school for you. He gave them this verse. Throw that verse one more time for me. He gave them this direction. Now, this wasn't, what I love about the Bible is rarely do you see a suggestion. We don't see suggestions, we see directions. That's fire. We don't see the Bible giving us suggestions. You know, I think you should live this way because it's helpful, but you know what? Do you, boo-boo? Right? We don't see any of that. We don't see any of that. We see directions. We see a literal direction given. So he writes, again, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord rather than for people. Let's break this verse down line by line. Are you ready? Let's look at this. As we take a minute to do this, let's look. First, Paul starts with this. Whatever you do, whatever you do, here's a question. What do you think whatever you do means? What, what, does it mean? what do you think? Huh? Anything that you, Kayla's like, dude, it's anything that you do. Whatever you do. Okay, how about this? I wonder when it comes to reading this, you know, as, a, as growing up. So here's a fun fact. My mom used to give us a chores list on the weekend, right? How many of y'all mamas be doing that, right? Be like, y'all live in this house for free. Y'all gonna be cleaning, right? My mom would leave us a list and we would see who messed up that week the most because of the jobs that they got. If my twin brother Ishmael was just a, a, a bucket of snot, right? If he was, if he was a butthead, Right? My mom would make him do the bathrooms. Right? And I kind of figured out who her favorite was because I'm like, wait a minute. Why does Juan always get to throw out the trash and then he's done? Right? Mom, I'm on to you. I know he's your favorite. Stop lying. And so she would give us a list. And at the end of this list, I kid you not, I kid you not, like, granted, she was a pastor's wife. She was born and raised in church. Right? At the end of this chore list that she just gave us to, like, clean the entire house, she would put that verse up. She would literally write this, like write it down as if like, if because sometimes y'all be waiting to the last minute to get that list done. Like the second she pulls in a driveway, you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot to dethaw the chicken, right? Like, right? Like, and so my mom would literally write this verse out and convict us into doing chores. I'm like, why are you weaponizing the Bible? Anyways, anyways, mom, I love you though, Right? She would write this down, but it mattered. And now that I'm older, I kind of see what she was doing. So is it literally saying whatever you do, like the verse could be written, whenever you brush your teeth, work at it with all your heart, right? Like, I don't think it's saying that. Uh, and here's another fun fact. In Paul's time, they most likely would have brushed their teeth with broken pieces of coral reef. Again, that's another random fact that y'all don't really care about. Here's another thing that it's not saying, right? Whatever you do also doesn't apply to sinning either. Whenever you lie, work at it with all your heart. So that's not what we're saying. Like, whatever I do, but what I do is bad sometimes. So is he just saying for me to send it? Like, no. (laughs) No. I'm going to steal that car, and I'm going to do it with all my heart. No, stop. You're not a Kia boy. Stop. You're not. That's not okay. Stop stealing people's cars. People trying to get to work. All right, so, so what is it that this is actually saying what is it that this is actually saying and if this would scroll for me Paul is talking about the work that we do the work that we do for the people that he's writing to in Colossians it applied to their jobs to their jobs so like farming artistry carpentry politics ministry 
etc. All those things. When we connect Paul's words to today, we can apply it to, well, our part-time jobs, right? Some of y'all don't be working. Our extracurricular activities and kind of what we're talking about, our school work, our home work, right? So whatever, whatever you do, as in what you are working towards, as in what you are working for, those things. So throw that verse up for me if you can. One more time. Whatever you do, whatever, in your life, you're always going to do something. You're not going to be working towards grades, working towards a scholarship, working towards this or that. wonder what it would look like if you as a student says, God, whatever I do, I'm going to do it for you. Whatever. And, and he'll honor it. God, I have, this, I have this senior project coming up. I'm working on it. I'm going to do it for you. Whatever I do. There are areas in your life that God wants to bless in your work in the field, in the palace, right, and in between. God wants to help you in all those things. I wonder what it would look like if you said, God, whatever I do. Say, whatever I do. The second part of this verse is very, it's a very important part because Paul connects whatever we do to how and why we do our work. Another thing that my mom used to do, I'm just blasting my mom tonight. I'm sorry. My mom, y'all parents be doing this, and some of y'all be doing this. You know, to siblings that are younger than you, whatever. That when you tell them to do something and you ask why, what do they say? <laughs> because I said so. Because I said so. How infuriating is that as a kid? You're like, dang, like, I ain't just slave, though. Like, I know you gave birth to me and everything, but, like, God said, let my people go. You know, book of Exodus, right? Like, Pharaoh, don't call your parents Pharaoh. You will literally get slapped in the mouth. Don't do that. Grounded from Excel. Pastor told me to, no, I didn't. Stop. Stop. How and why we do our work. See, we work at whatever we do with all our heart. And some of us can tell, like, as a, as a, as a former college teacher, in Missouri, I can tell when a student put their whole heart into a project and when they didn't. When they put half heart or no heart. I can tell. Teachers can tell. Your family can tell. And so simply what this is saying, that whatever you do, how and why we do it, is simply put, give it all you got. That's what he's saying. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart. That's saying if you're going to do it, do it well. Do it well. Part of, part of being a follower of Jesus means that we are held to a standard. Listen, I didn't make up the rules. Not that there are rules in, necessarily that we, like, are bound by. But what I'm saying is, like, as a Christian, like, the world already sees us a certain way. That's not giving them an excuse to be right. Like, should Christians, all Christians, be straight-A students? Like, if that, if that could happen, yes. I would say, yeah, because we want to be the standard. Because everything we do, we should do it with all our what? Whether we feel it or not. Because that's where God has put us. God has put you in your school. It's not just because you were born in that neighborhood and you're there. God has put, like, I think what will help you switch your attitude in your mind is that God has put you there. You are at Mary Lyon for a reason. Where are my Mary Lyon people at? 
Other things just like no, 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 here. Hey, Zoe, shout out to Zoe in the game, right? You know, all my like you're at Taft for a reason. I got any Tafters now? What do you call it? What, what's your what's your what's your mascot? The Eagles. I prefer Tafters. The Laffy Taffies. God put you at Taft. God put you at Lane. God put you at Lakeview. God put you at Gray, Foreman, Go, Steinmetz. God has put you at Shirts. God is like, why would God place me at a, at a high school that I hate? Well, for you to be light. We talked about this last week. So you can be an influencer. So that you can show people what it means to succeed. And so what, what's, what's hard as a pastor is seeing how you guys can go to your school and be a totally different person and make... God is big, so we can't, but I'm going to say this, uh, and, and make following Jesus look like a joke. Like, like, like Christians failing in school is, is, is mind-blowing to me, and, and I get that there's obstacles. I think that's, that's, that's something we need to work on as, as educators and to help students with, with certain situations. But as Christians, we're held to a higher standard. We should be. We, sh- we should be passing our classes. We should be passing our classes. You're like, dang, I didn't know I was going to come to church and get yelled at. Listen, I don't, I, don't get your, I don't get your reports, all right? But what I'm saying is, like, you should be passing your classes. Why? Because God wants you to succeed. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to graduate. God wants you to pass that class. And so what's hard for us is motivation. Say motivation. A lot of us lack motivation. Amen? Can I be real? You hear what I'm saying? Be real real quick. All right? It did. I got it. Think about motivation for a minute. There's intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Here's what I mean by that. I'm using big words. Some people are internally motivated, and some people are motivated by external reward. Colossians 3.23, which is what we're reading, connects our motivation to Jesus. Like, I'm just not motivated, Pastor Izzy. Well, that's because you're being motivated by the wrong thing. I thought being motivated to like, you know, pass and get good grades or go to college or join the army or whatever. I thought that was no. Because those things are, are, are temporary. Those things fade. Those motivations wear out. But you want to know what doesn't is Jesus. Who doesn't is Jesus. And so he connects this to Jesus. So the why behind working at something with all our hearts, meaning school, is who? Say it louder. All right. We work at whatever we do because of what Jesus did for us. Jesus devoted his life to the purpose of his heavenly father. He lived, he died, and rose again because his heart was committed towards us, forgiving us, redeeming us, and saving us from sin and death. Whatever we work at, we work at with all our hearts because Jesus lived and died with all his heart. We work... Whatever it is we do with all our heart, because Jesus lived and died and rose again with all his heart. Living for God and his glory above anything else. Above anything else. So what's your motivation to be good in school? It's not just you want your parents to be proud of you. You want your your guardian, your grandparents to be proud of you. You want want so-and-so to be proud of you. You just want to get out the gutter. You're like, I just want to do good in school so I could get up out of here. Uh, sure, some of these factors play into it, and they're good motivations. But 
what's going to sustain you through school, what's going to sustain you in your work life, what's going to sustain you in college when the teachers ain't going to be checking on you every day, when they don't care if you pass or fail. What motivation do you have then? And I'm telling you as somebody that I experienced really hard tests and really hard trials and, and having Jesus as my motivation, doing it with all my heart, I saw success. Here's, here's an example. I failed. I failed every math class from seventh grade to junior year of high school. Every single one. Every single one. Whoever put letters and numbers next to each other, I'm going to find you, and I'm going to lay hands on you and pray for you. Like, forget that guy. Algebra. I failed every math class. I finally passed geometry, which is like freshman, sophomore year at my, in my day, all right? I passed geometry as a junior, as a junior, taking a freshman, sophomore class. So in order to graduate high school, to get my diploma, I had to graduate Algebra 1-2. I had to pass Algebra 1-2, which in my school was a freshman class. As a senior, I was taking Algebra 1-2 and 3-4. There's a 3-4. Might as well give me 5, 6, 7, 8. I was taking two, from, from freshman to junior year, I was taking two math classes a year. Failed. Every, I would sleep through some. I just... I just didn't care. And then I tried and that fails. And I would sleep through the next year. And it was just bad. So as a senior, I was literally trying to. That's not good. It's not good. JK's like, yeah, no, we're going to talk about that in a second. So now, now graduating is on the line. Because I lacked motivation in high school. Now I passed that senior year. I graduated. I passed Algebra 3-4 with a B minus. Okay? You know what I'm saying? I passed Algebra 1-2 which is the one before that, with a 60.02. The freshman class threw a party for me. Like, legit, they had, like, my name written on the board. Congrats, Pastor. Like, congrats, Izzy. Right? Because I was literally Pastor Izzy. I wasn't Pastor yet. Congrats, Izzy. Because I was literally a senior in an all-freshman class. Like, they just graduated from eighth grade. I was just sitting there. just I'm literally in the back just, whatever, dude. Just, I don't know. Fast forward, fast, I'm going to get to a point. Fast forward, I am, I'm a 28-year-old grown man, grown man. I joined the Army. They sent me to my tech school, which is carpentry and mason, which is construction. I thought I was just going to be building stuff. Do you want to know what it takes to build? <laughs> math. It takes math. And so you want to know, I, I had my birthday. So now as a 29-year-old, I had my birthday while I was at basic training. Now I'm 29. I'm in Gulfport, Mississippi, one of the hottest areas in the country in the summer. And I have to learn Algebra 1-2 and geometry all over again as a grown man. And I'm in, and here's the thing, there's, it's a nine-week course. If you failed one test, it was a test at the end of every week. If you failed one test, you start over. I didn't say start over that week. You start the entire, at week eight, if you fail, you start the whole course over. Because they can't afford to recycle you the next week. Because every class is booked. So I'm sweating. I'm like, 
I am going to be here for the rest of my life. Ariel's going to have to move down here. I got to a point where I had to decide whether or not Jesus was going to be my motivation. Because no one was going to help me. And so I invited God into that space. I allowed Jesus to be my motivation. And I did it with all my heart. I did it with, I studied with all my heart. I studied with all my heart. I asked questions. I sat at the front of the classroom. I did this with all of my heart. All of my heart. I relearned all these things. And I'm proud to tell you, as somebody that failed every math class growing up, as an adult, even worse, because I've been separated from school for years, I passed that class, and I was in the top 3%. I graduated with a 93% in, the, in that class. Okay, you don't got to clap. I also, I also was awarded two honors, one being uh, the highest authoritative figure in our entire company, which meant I was a student first sergeant. I oversaw 300 soldiers, and they were under my command for those few weeks. I got an award for that, and I got what they call the, the uh, Sapper Award for being one of the best engineers in that class, represented. Now, now that wouldn't have happened, I truly believe it, if I didn't learn how to succeed by using Jesus as my motivation. I want to honor God by what I do. When I passed that test, like, the first words out of my mouth wasn't, look at me. It was, Jesus, thank you. God, God gets the glory from it. And he'll honor it. And he'll help you. Here's the last part. It says, the last part of this verse tells us to do our work as working for the Lord. Rather than for people. The cross is our motivation over people. Jesus is our motivation over people. Why should you want to succeed in school? Your parents, your teachers, yourself, right? We talked about that. That's fine. All those are fine. But we should want to succeed in school out of gratitude for God. Like I said, just gratitude for God and all that he's done. I want to say something. Uh, well, before I get to that, this is how Paul defines success. So he brings it down to these few words. Do your best for God. My mom also had a saying that when we got into some you know, stressful tests and moments, she would say, do your best and God will do the rest. Do your best and God will do the rest. I'd call my mom up in Mississippi. Mom, I've got, I've got a test coming up. I'm nervous. I've studied, but I'm nervous. She goes, son, do your best and God will do the rest. And that's, that, that was it for me. Do your best, and God will do the rest. I want, I want you to hear this when I say this to you, because I understand that some of us don't hear these words often. So I, I'm going to read it, but I'm not reading it. I'm saying it to you, and I believe what I'm saying with all my heart. Student, Excel student, leaders, God is proud of you. God is proud of you. You're like, what is he proud about? He's just proud. He loves you. You made it this far. Some of you got to your senior year. He's proud of you. Some of you are almost out of, out of junior high. He's proud of you. God is proud of you. Because of the cross, you don't have to earn God's approval. He loves you already. He approves of you. You don't have to earn his approval, his acceptance, or his pride. He's proud for you. When you put your faith in Jesus and your life is in his hands, you receive what? The love and affection God has for you as your heavenly father. So, right, we don't deserve it. 
We can't earn it, but we can freely receive it with faith and joy. God is proud of you. Like, but, but I messed up a lot, but you're still here. God is proud of you. Well, I've got the secret sin, and it kind of just, it kind of, it's not helping me succeed at anything, but you're here. God is proud of you. You could be anywhere else. You could be anywhere else. I'm not saying that the people aren't here, aren't succeeding, but I am saying that there's no better place for you to be to learn and grow than in God's presence. God is proud of you. God is proud of how far you've come. God is proud of the person that you are becoming. And maybe you might disagree. Then maybe that's a red flag that what you are doing right now is not what you should be doing. And who, are, who you are is not who God has called you to be. I'm going to give you a little sneak peek. Our next series in October, God, God put on my heart, and I can't wait to talk about it. But you and I are constantly being fed of who we think we should be. And that makes us put on something, makes us put on a mask. And so for you and I, we need to understand that we don't need to do that. That we can be, we can be held in God's light and have him be proud of us, proud of us. Have you ever, do I have any skateboarders here? Anybody have ridden a skateboard? Part of riding a skateboard, if you've ever seen some skateboarders, they bomb a hill. They'd be bombing hills. That means they just go down this big hill. I like watching videos of guys like whiffing it and like falling. And what they call is called speed wobbles. Look up speed wobble videos on YouTube. You're welcome. And it's guys going down a hill. Don't do it now, Devin. Come on, dude. They'd be going down a hill. They'd be going down a hill. Put it in your notes. Write it down. Write it down. And at some point, like they've got control. They're going downhill and they feel really good. And then you start seeing this. And their board starts to wobble. And eventually they eat gravel. And it's the funniest thing ever. And it's really bad that I enjoy those videos. But here's what I'm saying. That sometimes in life we feel like we've got control. And then something just happens. And we lose control or we fail. And like what do we do with that? So even with the best plans, like self-control is necessary for success. If you don't have self-control, you're going to get speed wobbles and you're going to fall. Self-control is so important. Look at Proverbs 25, 28. Go ahead, throw it on the screen. I want you to write this down. Write this down or highlight this in your Bible because I want you to come back to this. It says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks what? I get that as a teenager, we've got all this energy, hormones, everything. Everything plays into it. And it's hard for us to have self-control. Self-control, the Bible talks about it. It says it's a fruit of what? Say it out loud. Fruit of spirit. It's fruit of the spirit. Self-control. So if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, then self-control needs to be activated through you declaring that. Now, I believe you can learn discipline in your self-control, but God has given you self-control. God has given you self-control over the urges, over the attitude, over the pettiness that you be giving your parents. God has given you control of your emotions. The Holy Spirit wants to help you in that. And so this says, a person without self-control is just like a city without protection. 
So in ancient times, you would see cities with these big old walls around them to protect themselves from people outside. This is saying a person that does not have self-control is like a city without protection. When we lack self-control, what happens? We become susceptible to anything. We're, we're, we're unguarded. We're unprotected. As barriers protect the city, boundaries help us succeed. Boundaries help us succeed. So I'm going to give you four things, right? Quickly, quickly, quickly. As we conclude this series on school, I just want to give you, and you, you probably know these things, but this is a good reminder, all right? Uh, here's some advice for working with all your heart and building self-control. Here we go. Number one. Develop study habits. Now, it is not enough for you to walk into school and be like, God, you're going to help me succeed? And so there it is. <laughs> like, he's not going to take the test for you. The Holy Spirit, whether you think about it, because some of y'all be praying this way, the Holy Spirit is not going to give you the answer. So number five, <laughs> he's not. The Holy Spirit's not going to be like, uh, when in doubt, bubble and see, right? Like, no, the Holy Spirit does not say, no, there's, there's like tests that says, you know, that actually could work. But build and develop study habits. And, and sometimes we don't build and develop study habits with the word because we look at the word like school. And we can't, we can't develop study habits in school I would say if we don't have study habits in God's word. And, and here's the deal. I saw this. I think it was 8% of the average churchgoer, meaning they go, either it was once a week or once a month was the statistic. 8% of them actually read their word, right? I think it was 3%, don't quote me on this, that actually read their word once a week. That's, that's insane. That means really out of this room, four or five of you are reading your word outside of these walls at least once a week. It's, it's mind-blowing to me sometimes, and that's why I want to push biblical literacy, meaning you knowing the Bible, because the answer to all of life's situations and problems are found in Scripture. It is not found in scrolling, it's found in flipping the pages. It's not found in, in self-help books, although those are great. It is found in the living and breathing word of God. And some of you get trapped in some of your moments and you're not succeeding in school. And it's because the answers that you're looking for are found in scripture, but you lack developed study habits. You lack the study habits for, for the help that you need. How about this? Remove distractions. Some of you can't study because you're distracted. Like, Pastor Izzy, you're saying the same thing my parents and my teachers are saying. Hello, that might mean it's like important for you to know. Whenever the Bible repeats something, I've taught you to say to stop because that's important. When the Bible repeats itself, that's something you and I need to take a step back and say, okay, why is it repeating itself? Your mom repeats herself because what she's saying is important. Your teacher is repeating themselves because what they're saying is important. 
But you can't listen because you're distracted. And I'm not here to speak down on you. I'm here to call you up. I'm, I'm here to raise you to the standard. That means when it's time to study, put your phone away. Turn it off. Turn it off. Go into a place where you're not distracted. You're like, that's hard because I, I watch my siblings while my parents are at work. Then, then, listen, I would say, come and find a leader, and we will help you find the time to do it. We will help you manage your time well. There are some leaders that are very gifted in time management, and they want to help you. But you've got to be able to remove the distractions in your life, sometimes permanently. That means that person that you're dating that you would rather talk on the phone with for a few hours when you should be doing your homework or studying, that person needs to be removed. Oh, dang, Pastor Izzy, that's crazy. I love you enough to, to, to say something super hard like that. That person needs to be removed. Because if, if they're not helping you succeed, if they're not helping you grow, draw close to God, then that's a distraction. That needs to be removed. How about this? Respect authority. This is where I don't get amens, and it's okay. I, my, 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 my gratification doesn't come from you anyway. It comes from the Lord. But I don't, I don't get amens here because you want to know? I love it because y'all are quiet because it's hitting home. It's hitting home. Respect authority. That means when the assignment is due, it's due. That means when your parent says it's time to get off the game, it's time to get off the game. Do I need to even, like, go more on that? Right? No. I think you know what I'm saying because y'all aren't dumb. You guys know what I'm saying. How about this? This is very important. Set goals for yourself. Set goals for yourself. I think that's, that's wise for us to do. Writing down goals or sharing them with others can help provide encouragement, right? Your XL Plus group wants to help you develop goals. And that's something y'all can do tomorrow. Develop a goal. What do you want to graduate with? We should all be trying to be valedictorian. Because who doesn't want to give a speech, you know what I'm saying? Imagine if I get up there, I say that, yeah! Can you imagine? That would be crazy. Y'all should let me, y'all should let me do a speech at your school. It'd be great. But telling your XL Plus leader the goals you have and the people around you, it, it can help you provide, uh, be provided encouragement, support, or accountability, all right? We want to help you succeed in school. want to help you succeed in school. I had a video, but we went another direction. But this climb gets really tough. This climb for school gets really tough. And so we need self-control. We need discipline to make this climb for the end result, to succeed, to honor God in our success. What would it look like if you started taking school serious? Don't wait like I did your senior year to start taking school serious. It was embarrassing going to freshman classes as a senior. It was embarrassing, and it was, it was all me. It wasn't the system's fault. It wasn't anyone. It was my fault. I wonder what it would look like for teachers, once again, to get excited when they see an XL student walk through their door because they know that that person is going to succeed. That person is going to do whatever they can. Whatever they do, they're going to do it as if they're doing it for the Lord. Amen? Let me pray for you guys. Lord, we love you. And it, this could be really hard to hear because it's overwhelming because we're not good at certain subjects. We're not good at certain things, but that's why it's so important to partner with you because you're good at everything. And just like I was horrible at math, you helped me be great at it. And so I know that what I'm preaching tonight is true. It works. It's, we can apply it immediately. What we learned today is if, 
whatever we're doing, we can do it to you with all our hearts, and you're going to help us. That's true. I've seen it happen in my life. And so, Lord, the heart for this series really wasn't just to survive school, but to thrive in it, to be an influencer, to help others endure certain hardships, and today, God, to, to be successful. So help these students have self-control, study well, get things done on time, respect authority, set goals, God. Help us, Lord, be a good representation of your son Jesus in our classrooms so that our teachers can see us as an encouragement, so that our peers can see us as a resource and as encouragement, God. We need you to help us in school because, Lord, we can be super motivated for two weeks, and then there's three weeks where we're not. And, Lord, it's a roller coaster, and it's a grind, and it's a climb. But, Lord, you're going to be with us every step of the way. And I know this, God, that you're proud of us. You're proud of who we're becoming. You're proud of what we're doing. And so, Lord, help us see that. Help us be motivated by that in your son, Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap one time. Listen, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Real quick, do not forget to register for Momentum. Before you leave, I need you to...